95% of the universe is dark matter. Is that because all the lights are here on Earth? Who's the man in the moon and what does he want? All these questions you can find the answer to on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Whoa, I can feel the fire in you already. (laughs) Put me out! (laughs) I thought I would try some pre-sup before this podcast. That's right, welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal tale, claim, or case and get to the bottom of whether it is truly paranormal or false. Lee Paranormal. As always, you're joined by myself, professional paranormal investigator, Mr. Kit Greer, and this guy, professional paranormal investigator, Mr. Rory Powers. Good evening and salutations. As always, uh, I've got a brand new investigation here for us. Let's just dive right in. I'm happy to do that. It's September 5th, 1891, Crawfordsville, Indiana, and two ice delivery men. Sorry, are you giggling at that? It's a noble profession, Mulvena. I forgot that you're so cool. That you come it. from a yeah long yeah. line of chill out, as my dad would say. But you actually broke the mold on that one. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. It was a shitty job. Didn't pay me very much at all. I drove across country with our biggest delivery, and turns out, uh oh, you need a fridge to keep it to make to keep it ice. Right now, I'm a water delivery boy. <laughs> my father's disowned me. <laughs> no son of ours is gonna <laughs> peddle water. That's right, two ice delivery men are going about their business when all of a sudden they felt the sunlight around them dim and the temperature drop. It wasn't to do with the ice though. Oh. They looked up and saw what they could only describe as, quote, a strange phenomenon hovering above them. They called it a horrible apparition that filled them with dread. Ooh. Being the 19th century, they weren't able to, like, Snapchat it. But they did tell local journalists. And those journos might have thought these ice men were quacks if a local priest and his wife hadn't told them the exact same story on the exact same day. See, this is where you're getting into more believable territory because ice men, you know, they're not on a list of professions of people that you would trust. Priest, yeah, trust, absolutely. Yeah. He sells redemption to the sinners, that's something the sinners actually need. Yeah. If he was selling sins to the sinners, that would make him the devil. And we don't trust him. You think he's out there just preaching to the converted? Hell no. Absolutely not. He's preaching to the people who do not want to hear it. <laughs> AKA the Icemen. <laughs> Those sinning bastards. Those little demonic ice peddlers. This is your dad and your granddad you're talking about. Granted, now. yeah. The Crawfordsville Journal ran the story along with many other papers such as the Indianapolis Journal and the Brooklyn Eagle describing a, a thing, quote, about 18 feet long and 8 feet wide. It moved rapidly through the air by means of several pairs of side fins. It was pure white, had no definite shape or form, resembling somewhat a great white shroud fitted with propelling fins. There was no tail or head visible, but there was one great flaming eye and sort of a wheezing sound emitting from its mouth, which was visible. It flapped like a flag in the winds as it came on (laughs) and frequently gave a great squirm as though suffering unutterable agony. You're saying too many words. We've said it before in the podcast. People 100 years ago were extremely verbose. The average sentence today is like, what's up? Uh, send news. Things like that. Right. Back then, they wrote goddamn essays. I'm, tr- I'm just, I'm trying to visualize this thing in my head. Yeah, let's try and, let's try and piece this thing together. Uh, so 18 feet long, 8 feet wide, 
so longer than it is wide, uh, moving rapidly, pure white, no definite shape or form. So quite amorphous, a bit of a white shroud, no tail or head, but a giant eye and a giant mouth. One giant flaming eye. Yes. Okay. Wheezing as if in great agony. I mean, it's painted quite the picture. If I saw that, I wouldn't know what to call it either. If I saw that thing, I am chomping down on the cyanide tooth in the back of my mouth. I am gone. I'm out. You have a cyanide tooth? Always, brother. You're, sp- you're speaking present tense there, really? Yeah. I there. have uh, my molar right yeah. back there. Yeah, I see. Is the cyanide one. Oh, yeah. It's like bright red. It's got like warning symbols on it. I don't know how I can see that from here. But... It's not discreet at yeah. all. Um, it's actually like a, like a wrapper. I like to fla- flaunt it. Mm. Like they go- like they have the golden grills. When did you get that put in? Did you uh, like? Does it the dentist? Did he take out your wisdom teeth and then pop that bad boy? Didn't in? have any. Wasn't born with any oh. wisdom teeth. And he was like, "Do you want? Do you want me to put them in?" I was like, "Yeah, cyanide ones, please." Really? Yeah. That's not on the NHS though. You no, I had to go very specialist for that. I had to fly to Thailand to get that one done. Right. <laughs> that would make sense actually. Yeah. Because I've never heard of it. <laughs> I've actually chomped down on a couple of them accidentally once. Really? It was a bad time. You were just going going hog wild and some beef jerky and... Chawing it down and you're like, mm, this is a bit... This has got a real kick to it. At the, at the time, I thought it was the teriyaki spices. Mm. It was the cyanide. The cyanide oh. had been... All four actually had gone on first bite. I wasn't even into the jerky. I had one piece. The dentist offered you the antidote tooth, but you said, not going to need it. <laughs> they come free with the cyanide teeth. We don't have to install it. And I said, you can just four, keep it in your pocket if you want. <laughs> four cyanide teeth. We usually recommend two of each, but. Nope. Because if I burst this bad boy, it means I want to die. And I don't want the antidote. I don't pay you to think, genius. <laughs> I pay you to put these bad boys in my mouth. And now it's done. And now I'm gone. Peace. Slam the door. You just hear like, Doctor James. Doctor James. There's a patient unconscious on the floor <laughs> with a mouthful of cyanide. Oh Christ! <laughs> he walks outside and Mario like, oh, help me, Doctor James. I-, I bit the tooth. I bit all four of the teeth. <laughs> I didn't think it would go after one chomp. Maybe the craziest thing about this is that it wasn't a one-time thing. Hundreds of local residents reported the same story the next day, saying they could feel the monster's hot breath as it came overhead. Hmm. All this hullabaloo did catch the attention of New York resident and famed paranormal investigator Charles Fort. He went on to write in his work, The Book of the Damned, about the possible existence of living beings in the Earth's atmosphere. Wow. So not even like another dimension. Just right up upstairs. Right up there. Somewhere below God, above us. On this podcast, we've covered countless tales of UFOs, of strange apparitions in the sky, lights and ships that fly across the face of the sun itself, or abduct innocent victims for futuristic experimentation. And that monkey, the ghost monkey that was masturbating. That was jacking off. We did that one as well. That was the best one an important bit of research and maybe some of the listeners at home have even seen some with their own eyes they clarify that yeah no it's a ufo actually i was talking about they might have seen the monkey though they might but today we're talking about something slightly different potentially even more shocking than a ufo because a ufo could just be what the authorities say they are a military test weather balloon something technologically unknown but possible right it's it's explanation exists within the confines of our reality. But what about something organic? 
a living thing that lives in our atmosphere. So in our first story, these things have a very vague, long shape. But do they always look like that? Fast forward to October 19th, 1998. In Qingshan, China, 90 miles northwest of Shanghai. One night, multiple military bases in the area identified an unknown object in the radar. Could it be an enemy craft? Only one way to find out. They order a jet to intercept the UFO and determine its motive and destination. As the jet flew towards the object, it at first resembled a star and it grew larger the closer they got until it became clear it was no star. It was no moon. The pilot, along with hundreds of onlookers from the ground, described a mushroom jellyfish-shaped object with bright dangling lights hanging from it. But as the pilot- How did you confuse that for a moon? But as the pilot got closer and closer, it sped off upwards, and before he knew it, it was completely out of sight. So in this case, the beast is is like a jellyfish. And this is surprisingly the most common description of atmospheric beasts. They are assumed to be very fragile and lightweight and more or less move like a gas or liquid. They can change their shape easily like an octopus or jellyfish. Right, right. Can they they, uh, do that thing octopi can do where they like go through like tiny little holes? They probably can. Because aren't aren't octopuses, octopi, sorry, Mm. like mad smart? Yeah. The thing is about them, they're smart and they can squeeze into tight holes but that doesn't make them strong oh i want to go you know how you have those restaurants where you can like pick which fish you want from the tank or which lobster you want yeah and then they cook it and eat it yeah i want one where you can pick which one you want to fight so it's like i want that little coward in the back um who's like squirming around and then oh, they'll so, take the so this off. isn't even you're not even showing off you just want that you want to fight the weakest one i don't even really want to eat it at this point yeah i just want it to, doesn't sound like it no no because no. i there's never been a restaurant where you fight what you eat before eating it that's true so yeah. where that's so that's an invention of your own mind yeah we'll take out the eating we'll just fight it there's a restaurant where i can not a restaurant not i a guess restaurant, at this point just a cage, just some sort of seafood match. fight yeah. club is what i'm looking for here right and uh, then you start off it, you, you build up the ranks. You start off with shrimp, yep. uh, maybe scampi even, yep. deep fried sort of fish. It's already dead. I can one punch those suckers. Yeah. Are you in their domain or are they in your domain? Uh, the, the level is sort of a 50-50 split. You've got, ah. some, you've got a little rock pool in one corner uh, and then a sandy kind of uh, area in the other corner. Bare hands or weapons? Weapons are optional. Oh. Yeah. I've tried it all. And trust me, bro, I've fallen in the rock pool before. It's harder than you would think. It will just be me v him, ocean versus land. You guys tranked him, though, hard beforehand. He's like, yeah, yeah, he can't even see. Because you tranked him soft last time, and he was still pretty bitey. (laughs) You said he was borderline unconscious uh, last week, and I still fell in the rock pool. Rory, it doesn't matter how it's unconscious we make him. It's you. Pool, yeah. You lose your footing. You slipped and you went into the rock pool. I just want to make sure he's out. So if I fall in the rock pool again, he's not going to jump on me. And you insisted on wearing Cuban heels, which are so slippy and slidey. And I want to do it in style. Domain. I want to win in style, don't I? They're like, all right, we'll see how it goes. Ding, ding. All right, come here, you little. Oh, God. <laughs> Straight into the rock pool. <laughs> Now, this might sound bananas, but there are numerous accounts of such sightings around the world. In 2015, a Dutch photographer got this on camera. All right, all right, all right. Wow, okay. 
Oh, so I kind of I can kind of see how this could be um, mistaken as a star now, because mm. if you think of a jellyfish, uh, it does kind of like that pulsating movement. Yeah, when it's at like full pulse, you know the the body of the jellyfish is quite coiled up, yeah. almost circular. That's right. And then his what do you call those tentacles? Mm-hmm. What what are the, whatever they are, little jellyfish legs are um almost like a trail behind it mm. in that freeze frame moment it does kind of look like a shooting star yeah you know almost like an asteroid or a comet like coming to earth but upon closer inspection it, it i mean it's green for a start yep sure uh, stars aren't usually green nope. it looks kind of like a lens flare i didn't want to bring that up but i feel like that might be kind of important moving forward really it looks like a pretty complex lens flare I mean, to me he's pointing the camera right at the sun in this picture i want people to Hold know up. like there's, a, there's a zoomed in version of this this is this you're you just handed me the same image give me that thing back <laughs> you, but you punched in four times look it is weird it's a strange picture. I'll admit that. It's a very weird looking lens flare or space jellyfish. I just wanted to give you a feel for where we were at. Okay. Um, I actually forgot to show you this. This is allegedly what the Chinese pilots were looking at. Um, I wasn't fully able to verify this, but there was one source online that seemed to be claiming this was what they were uh, chasing down. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now see, we're getting way more into, I mean, this is not a lens flare. Right. This kind of, it does look like a white mushroom. It looks like a little Mario one-up mushroom, but white. What does it want? But arguably the most widely known sighting was Petrozavodsk, Russia, in 1977, where a UFO slash celestial phenomenon was spotted. It was seen all the way from Russia to Helsinki and beyond. To this day, we do not know if it was a weapons test or atmospheric jellyfish, but we do know that the Soviet government and Space Institute investigated it. But their results were inconclusive. They just called it a, quote, anomalous phenomenon. And I can show you one photo of that here. So bearing in mind, long ass time ago, Soviet Russia, a little bit of a small image. That's fine. A little bit of a shitty image, I should say. Ooh, okay. That is a very small image. I think I read that there maybe were original photos, but those were somehow lost. Oh, and that, yeah. And that this is some kind of copy. Um, It's definitely keeping in theme with the jellyfish. It certainly is. It's sort of got, uh, yeah, a little trail behind it with like a domey shaped head. Mm-hmm. Really weird looking. Granted, it could just be a splotch of white ink. Again, this was seen all over kind of um, Northern Europe, which means that it was truly colossal in size and like luminosity. Yeah. But the question does still stand that we have to contend with is it could be a weapon test. Maybe someone wasn't fessing up over that. That's a weird weapon to test. What, a jellyfish? A giant airborne jellyfish. I mean, that would have ended the war, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Probably with minimal, zero casualties. I've heard that one box jellyfish can kill maybe a hundred men. What could one god-sized jellyfish do to an entire nation? (laughs) One omnipotent jelly lord do to an entire country. Rule it. With a jelly fist. (laughs) Which is surprisingly liberal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's actually really nice. Uh, You could do whatever you want. It's a very tender touch. 
but also upon first touch you kill yeah obviously. you sting to death yeah so you don't need to be iron because you're fucking poisoned because your heart is nails yeah. yeah and it goes on in norway 2010 a man was photographing the aurora borealis as he often does and he saw something he could not explain of course the tromso geophysical observatory immediately said that's a camera artifact that's why it looks the way it does but i'm going to show it to you as a um, paranormal investigator and photography expert you can uh, see what you think right you know what i was building up and up and up and now i'm going back down to lens flare <laughs> oh f- to hell. in fact this is actually pretty damning evidence okay because in this photo we're seeing the same effect we're seeing the uh dome-like top of the jellyfish yep we're seeing the trail behind it yep. but in this photo we can actually see the rest of the circle of the lens flare around the creature mm. unless it is enforcing some sort of uh bubble-like force field around its body yeah, he says it's not uh this does look like to be a lens flare uh, what do you know <laughs> It's a really petty response to showing me a piece of evidence. Yeah, that's the last time I show you a piece of evidence. That's, that's all I'm saying. Well, you asked me what I thought, and I was you, just, I was just Evidence honest. privileges are revoked, sir. You'll have to make your decision without evidence. But don't just say it's no. I also didn't say it was no. I offered a counterpoint, which I think was actually pretty responsible. I spent a lot of time on this, and I just don't need you undermining it for no goddamn reason. So Okay. Well, let the, me do my thing. It's a reason. It's the point of the Don't talk podcast. over me. Right. So next up is a pic. Scrap that. Uh, I have a video here. No, that's gone. It's actually a uh, slideshow. I had a 200 image slideshow coming up. Wait, was that the Roswell footage? How did you? How did yeah, you get that? But, you know, whatever. You don't want to see it. So I actually, I I'm in Roswell a lot, and I have a lot of connections, so they really trust me with all that shit. But whatever. <laughs> I hear where you're coming from. You're not one over just yet. Not yet. So before we get any deeper, we should talk about evidence. Maybe something that we can really you know, grab onto here. Many have wondered if there are beings up there in Earth's atmosphere, what happens when they die? Do they just float around up there? One answer to this riddle is star jelly. Have you ever heard of it? That's not an answer that's way more questions. The answer to no question ever is star jelly. I know I hadn't. So star <laughs> jelly has different names all over the world. From Latin, it was translated in the 1400s to... <laughs> Stir slime. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's just, you just said star slime in a weird way. How it's spelt? S-T-E-R-R-E. Slime. S-L-Y-M-E. Wow, that sounds really incorrect. Did you type that out? In Mexico, they call it caca de luna. Or literally, moon poop. Yeah, I thought caca was poop. But this is basically a weird white slime that you can find out in nature. And all throughout history, people have noticed it appear around meteor showers or other astronomical events, leading them to believe that stardust literally falling to Earth as slime. Granted, biologists don't actually think it's star jelly. They think it's probably connected to some kind of amphibian or bacteria. But there is no agreement on where it comes from. So, paranormal investigators have suggested, could it be a residue, excrement, or dead remains of an atmospheric beast? I had no idea this was a thing at all. Yeah. How is that not just like a type of fungus? Yeah, I know. Because presumably, like, isn't it very easy to determine if something came from a meteorite? 
like it's it's incredibly easy because meteorites are com of com are composed of like isn't it like an insanely high amount of very specific types of iron right but like, if there's I feel no like goddamn you would know, iron in there well then it's not from a star is it there's no way to tell it's the thing is made of a hundred percent mushroom we don't know where it came from it's a hundred percent slime what do you want me to do <laughs> yes it's not entirely agreed upon where it came from but it's also a little bit of a broad term for any type of slime or gunk found out in nature like that's white and looks like that. Right. There was one TV show in the BBC where they were like, okay, well, we've got one sample of like some slime here. Where did this come from? And I think it came from like some type of frog or something like that. Okay. It probably could be done if, to test every individual sample, but as a phenomenon and large, they don't know where it comes from. Right. Okay. So it could it be like from frogs. jellyfish. I just, okay. Yeah, I guess. Theoretically speaking, it could be from these atmospheric jellyfish. Thanks, you're coming around. It's good to know. One of the biggest reasons why people find it hard to believe the idea of atmospheric beasts is the small yet unavoidable fact that living things are mostly made out of solids. And solids usually weigh more than air, so they can't float. Good point. There are, of course, exceptions to this rule. Birds, for example, are heavier than air, but they figured out a neat way of staying up there. Hollow bones. That oh, too. Right. Flying. Well, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Yeah, actually, hollow bones, that's actually some. That was a, like, actually level shit. up. Yeah. Wow. Was... But just how would an atmospheric jellyfish work? We may be one step closer to an answer. This magic carpet that seems to be floating in thin air is actually air made thin by nitrogen gas. Nonetheless, it is the new record holder for the lightest solid ever made. It's called Seagel, S-E-A-G-E-L. The U.S. Defense Department began work on it in 1983 for what some people called Star Wars. Exactly for what, they won't say. When we first started, the physicists asked us to produce something uh, which we really felt could never be produced. But like anything else, you take it one step at a time, just like building a rocket that's going to go to the moon. It comes in colors. It insulates against temperature, noise, and electric current. But you can lift it with static electricity. There's another property of this material that should make you happy if you have any kind of environmental concerns. Watch this. To say it's biodegradable is putting it mildly. It's edible. In 1931, aerogels were invented for the first time. A type of gel solid where the liquid, stay with me here, is replaced with a gas. To date, the lightest thing like known to man. I don't know how the physics work, but you can just like set it down. It doesn't just float in the air. Right. But it is lighter. Wait, so if it is seven times heavier, lighter, if it's seven times lighter than air yeah. and it doesn't float, I guess that means air doesn't float <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you i'm in a way over my depth here <laughs> i think my nose is bleeding quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. All I know is, previously we didn't think such materials were even possible. Now they are used in products all over the world and in space. Is it possible that nature beat us to the punch? And these atmospheric beasts are lighter than air itself. Maybe they're not made out of aerographene or sea gel, but maybe they're made out of some other yet-to-be-discovered solid that's actually lighter than air. This is what I don't understand when these type of materials exist in the world. This incredibly light, incredibly durable, flame-resistant cube. Yep. Yep. I, if I got my hands on that, I would build a full-on mechanical suit of right. armor, and I would cover myself into it head to toe. So why? I am, because I'm invincible. I'm as light as a feather. I can basically fly. You, you live an incredibly I, safe life. I could. Yeah, but because you're inside, because all the time. I am a flower right now. I'm a little flower boy. But if you case the flower in whatever yeah. this is magical what did you say it was cube gel or something aerographing aerograph yeah yeah shut up if i if i case myself in that i'd be like i'd be like a rose what i have thorns now i'm prickly oh, i'm still okay. a flower still a obviously because I'm, you're nice I'm tender and pr pretty you're not nice because you told me to shut up just now but if I had that tender and pretty technology, all right, hush now. That's how you see yourself. That's fine. <laughs> With thorns as well. Don't oh. forget the thorns. I'm a little prickly bitch as well at the best of times. Um, but if I have if I have this armor as well, I'd be unstoppable. Yeah. Why aren't they implementing that in so our military? So what do you want to do that you're currently being stopped by? Because of your mortality. What is it you're trying to do that you need a suit of armor? I want to start my own thrift shop. What does that have to do with having a like a, a suit of armor? Why do you need that? You could just you could start one tomorrow. You literally just put it. Yeah. It, you just buy a bunch of junk and you put it in a space. I didn't think about that. It's actually one of the like safest, most like boring jobs you could have. You don't really need. You need. You actually need nothing for it because it's just old nothing. stuff. You're just selling old stuff. But I hear what our listeners are saying at home. They're screaming into their phones right now. If they were up there, we would see them all the time. 
But what those foolish, naive, and straight-up dumb listeners don't fully understand is the Earth's atmosphere is a very big place. Everyone knows the ocean is like 95% undiscovered. Well, the atmosphere is about 50 times bigger than the goddamn ocean. And 100% undiscovered. The atmosphere extends like 60 miles straight up and then multiply that all around the however, like what, like a couple hundred miles around the earth or something. It's true. It's a truly unimaginably massive space. Why couldn't there be a few atmospheric beasts hiding in it? It's true. There's a lot of space to mess around with. It's like when people look up at the stars and they're like, oh, who knows the the beauties of the universe yeah. out there. And it's, you have to tell them, you are not even looking at the universe. You are looking at our galaxy, our tiny, tiny little galaxy. Right. And there's enough weird stuff going on in this place. we got to start fixing the stuff in our backyard before we start thinking about, you know, the rest of the universe. And I literally mean our backyard. There is dangerous insects we got a tire fire thing going it's really bad we had like a whole raccoon infestation Woo! we brought it out the mongoose to take care of those um and now we have a mongoose problem the raccoons look cute in the videos you see on youtube so we bought a not, whole box of them right not cute no we thought they very, were like furbies very uh, bitey very scratchy very lots of rabies yep point is look up the stars people don't look in our back garden we actually started the tire fire to try and flush them out and now they just cook their meats on it and they're getting stronger it's a lot of protein yeah i saw a raccoon straight up curling barbells in the corner like they are getting hyper smart hyper jacked they've built a small prison and those raccoons are getting especially jacked because they got nothing else to do it should be said though that famed zoologist and actually the man who invented the term cryptid ivan t sanderson wrote about these beasts at length which actually gives them a little bit more credence that someone who's written a lot of books about the paranormal but he did write books about bigfoot too so take from that what you will and maybe even more impressively carl sagan himself talked about the possibility of balloon-like aliens that could live on gas planets like jupiter or saturn it's possible they are from other planets if you can float through the air yes. and live in the upper atmosphere of earth what is to stop you from just drifting on out of that sucker just keep going and then just go to another planet and just live in space uh it can be difficult to see how exactly they would get from one planet to another they move like truly like a jellyfish who mm. are infamously slow mm. uh it would be difficult for them to actually you know close that gap from planet to planet listen this case unexpectedly took a lot of different turns there's stuff I don't even want to get into. It seems like almost another thing. We've got flying rods. I'm sure people are interested in. We've got sky trumpets and, and other kind of atmospheric <laughs> uh, creatures. I'm really glad you didn't bring that into the podcast. I think it's for the best. <laughs> Next week, <laughs> sky trumpets, part one of four. Margaret was walking down the street late at night when she heard a noise from behind her. <laughs> <laughs> A trumpet beast eats her alive. <laughs> this thing takes a lot of different turns. But if we're focusing in on atmospheric beasts, particularly jellyfish-like atmospheric beasts, what do you think, given the evidence I've provided today? I have so many questions. Right. We talked a little bit about how they could have arrived on Earth. Yep. What they are. Yep. But I still don't know what they want. What would their origin be? What's their purpose? Why are they created? At the start of this podcast, I started looking at them as more of ghostly apparitions. Mm. But now it seems like it's being developed into this idea that they're this 
whole sort of organic species. That they're pretty much an animal. Exactly. Which I guess the only reason behind that thinking is the space jelly. Yep. Which they proved was from a frog or at least uh, one sample of space jelly. Right. Or caca, lunar caca. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure what to believe. I, I don't like to trust anything that I can't punch, physically punch. Mm. So like uh, like air, gravity, mm. dinosaurs, anything that I can't physically punch, I find it hard to put a lot of faith in evolution. You know they're all um, real though, right? Like, well, until I can punch, until okay. I can pin down evolution and sock him in the face yeah. or her, could be a woman. Still one of the most ignorant things I've ever heard. I find it hard to, I, I, I don't know which one I'm more inclined to believe. I guess mm. some sort of space jellyfish over some sort of ghostly floating blob. There's almost something safer about just writing this off as a paranormal case and, and saying that, oh, it just defies all explanation. It's, it's harder to say, what are these? Is there any biological, physical explanation for how they could exist? That's a much... Um, deeper rabbit hole to go down yeah i wonder which one actually has more implications <laughs> like which one would devastate humanity more if it was like actual jellyfish aliens or ghosts were real which one would break down humanity that's a really good question i think maybe ghosts? ghosts yeah <laughs> i think so because i think everyone is pretty much in agreement that aliens ex exist now there's a few people who are stubborn and don't really believe in them yeah even if they're like tiny little microorganisms yeah, on a planet everyone knows there's life out there somewhere and so you know it's not just a, a scale of time how long is it going to take before we encounter them will they come to us will we come to them so if they're here already great you know it's something we kind of expected but ghosts and the paranormal i think most people unfortunately do not believe in that could you imagine like waking up one morning and you go into work and everyone's like crowded around a, a news station like blasting it out it's like um so um brexit talks are still ongoing and the prime minister says they're going to be developing uh as the week progresses uh in other news it's been confirmed that ghosts are real and walk among us <laughs> We are going to um, the New York Stock Exchange. Well, we're here on the New York Stock Exchange. Markets do not know what the f*** do now that ghosts are confirmed as real. Things are more or less just ticking along as usual. No one really knows what to buy or sell, so... <laughs> Stocks over here are uh, forecasted to plummet as more ghosts are discovered. But um, actually, if you put on these high-vis scientific goggles, you can uh, take a clear view at the, the ghost stock market, uh, which is obviously the deceased members of Wall Street here still buying and trading uh, ghostly stocks. And they have really skyrocketed since their um, existence has been acknowledged by the humans. <laughs> Phantom Leo from Wolf of Wall Street is just snorting ghost coke off the table, going absolutely... Whee! wild haunting people you've heard of rockstar coke but ghost ghost coke the ultimate high you have it's so powerful you have to be dead before you try it or it will kill you i think in terms of my own investigation into this case it took me down a pretty deep rabbit hole there was lots of different topics of discussion and pretty long history of people talking about these things going back to ancient times which you didn't really talk about but through to kind of um middle ages um poetry about star jelly and reports of creatures in the sky right i also felt very frustrated at different points so in the first case in crawfordsville indiana you had hundreds of people giving this testimony about this bizarre 18 foot apparition what i didn't say was that 
There was a couple of men who tried to chase down this apparition one day before it disappeared for good. And they claim that they chased it down. They say that it was actually a flock of killdeer, a type of bird, very small. And they said it was a group of about 200 of these things running about the place. This is extremely frustrating as an investigator because a lot of people are gonna read that and go, great we can tick the box here and say that this is not paranormal right but i'm going are people back then really that stupid that no one had seen a flock of birds before yeah everyone thought that it was an 18 foot long beast with a flaming eye and like screaming in agony yeah that that seems weird to think that's because i'll show you what a kill deer looks like i mean it's it's definitely not that's even smaller than i thought that is a <laughs> tiny little bird it's an adorable little duckling thing not a one-eyed screaming air demon these two men who claimed that they found out it was just a flock of birds. Right. I mean, were they wearing dark suits? Did they have sunglasses on? They were probably around in 1891 in Indiana. Absolutely. Probably. I don't know if sunglasses had been invented yet, but... They had very dark monocles. Two very dark monocles. But what I think we're left with is a lot of pretty widely separated anecdotes and some photographic evidence, which I thought was decent. You've actually kind of ripped apart and I can kind of see why. But as always, at the end of every podcast, we have to decide definitively whether something is paranormal or not. I think today from me, it's going to be a no. I think, you know what? You know, I'm a big fan of the greys and the UFOs and oh, yeah. interstellar Who isn't? experiences. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I've done a lot of graphic design before. I use a lot of After Effects. Yep. I'm a guy who can very clearly recognize a lens flare. I've ridden a lot of hot air balloons. I've <laughs> eaten a lot of jellyfish. Um, and unfortunately, while a lot of those pictures did look very interesting, mm -hmm. um, very unique, very suspicious, very paranormal, there were a couple of them that were lens flares. Yeah. Uh, and that is at least enough to tell me that there is some sort of fabrication in this story. Mm, I don't know how deep it goes, but you know, all it takes is one little drip of lye dye <laughs> to taint a whole pint of water. Um, so unfortunately this week for me, it is also going to be a no until I can get more information on these space jellyfish and what star jelly is. It's going to be a no from this week. More than fair. Unfortunately, a double no. We need a yes. We really do. It's been a couple weeks now since we've had a be. yes. Are we just, have we become assholes? No. Us? Did you hear me? I'm a goddamn flower. But if you have any of your own experiences with atmospheric beasts and jellyfish, please do send those in to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Some of you listening at home might have, the perceptive listeners at home might have noticed a little change with the podcast. That's right. We have new artwork. Oh, beautiful. You're seeing that hopefully in your channel, seeing that across our socials and stuff like that. That's it's right. stylish. There's been, it's, you know, we're, we're going, we're coming into winter. We're changing it up, changing up the scheme. This whole podcast is about is something real? Yeah. Is something false? Yeah. Those, that conclusion is black and white. That's right. And that's what our logo is black and white some will say that it is the color of the mibs i would say that's just a coincidence that i would say they have zero influence uh on this podcast yeah. at all almost zero did we have a meeting with them recently yeah right sure listen baby you don't get into showbiz without uh going for lunch with a few suits so exactly but yeah we thought we'd update the artwork because there is actually a few more changes with this paranormal life ba -ba 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 -ba. Trying so to hype, excited <laughs> trying to hype everyone up i'm excited so 
<clears throat> this is the normal. show's over, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it was good enough. <laughs> we're done. We changed the artwork and we're out. It's called dropping the mic. Going out <laughs> on a high. The Patreon will continue indefinitely, but the show <laughs> is over, folks. This is normally the part of the podcast where we would shout out everyone who's supporting us on Patreon. Uh, and we still do that, but we just have other stuff to talk about. So we said a couple episodes back that we were going to be discontinuing the Praise Ra t-shirt on the $20 tier of our Patreon. That's right. And that is for very good reason, because today we can officially announce our brand new t-shirt. That's right. If you log on to patreon.com and see our $20 tier, you will see our new shirt going forward. I just can, can we just nip something in we the bud here to, really okay. quick? Look. If you go on the Patreon, you're going to go scroll down to the $20 tier where you see the new you're shirt. You're going to see something. Look, it says cult shirt. Yeah. All right. In the description. Right. There was a, that was a typo. Yeah. We didn't know how to change it. We forgot. We tried the password and we got locked out. Um, it's been this ongoing thing. It's been a real pain in the ass. Yeah. And Patreon are not being helpful. No. Derek at patreon.com. We've been emailing back and forth. Yeah. We said, can you please change this? It's very misleading. He says, it's obviously, you. it is obviously a cult. I'm like, Derek, yeah. read the f- shirt. It says definitely not a cult. Look, you'll, you'll understand it you'll, when you see when the you shirt. See it. If you could just see the shirt. Just for the avoidance of doubt, it's not a cult. The t-shirt is just, it's just a typo. It's just a, it's just a weird typo. Uh, so that means if... You subscribe to our $20 tier when you are charged on November 1st. That means you qualify for a t-shirt and your t-shirt will be sent out to you. Now, we do know that there are a lot of people who got Praise Rash shirts uh, who are on the $20 tier or have dropped down to the $2 or $5 tier. Mm -hmm. All you guys need to do if you want one of these shirts is bump up to the $20 tier for one month and then your t-shirts will all be sent out on November 1st. They're all going out November 1st, baby. All those uh, commune shirts. You know, we don't like to segregate um, people on this show. You know, we're all inclusive. We're all part of the paranormal nation. Obviously. But similar to, uh, you know, Universal Studios, Mm. this is somewhat of a fast pass. Yeah. There are two lanes into the commune. Yeah. And um, And borderline the afterlife at this point. Yeah. It's like, if you show up to a police station in a cop uniform, yeah, you go straight to the front. If you show up as a goddamn street thug, you're going to have to wait in line. Right. If you walk in there with a badge and a gun, they go, morning chief. If you show up to the commune... It doesn't even matter what badge it is. It's crazy. If you show up to the commune with the uniform on, yeah. you're getting in, brother. Right. No questions asked. Yep. So check it out. There are biometric um, tags in the t-shirts as well. So we <laughs> will be scanning everyone on entry to the commune. Sure. That's right. So oh, new shirt on the Patreon. Very exciting. So we're also making one small change to the Patreon. So up to now, we've been doing show notes on the $2 tier. We are continuing to do those just up until no- November 1st, the end of this month. Basically, uh, we've loved doing the show notes. We've uh, had a blast doing those. But we do see uh, on our end that I think what everyone has been enjoying most uh, and then what we get the most out of as well and what people are most interested in is the bonus audio. It's more shows. It's more investigations. It's more content. And I think, uh, you know, taking the research notes out of the $2 tier gives us more time uh, and effort to up the frequency and the quality of those bonus episodes, which, as we said, I think people are really enjoying the most. We basically find that uh, whilst the show notes were um, fun to do, that it was kind of 
time that we could have researched an entire other episode. Absolutely. So one other cool thing that um, stopping the show notes gives us a bit more time for is video content. You might have seen recently we uploaded a video of an older clip of the podcast, but in Animoji form. And I know everyone was enjoying that. Uh, we're going to do more of those. We are also commissioning video versions of older episodes and new ones to go up on our YouTube channel. That's right, we have a YouTube channel now. You can search it, This Paranormal Life, and you'll find us. Um, so yeah, we'll be throwing up video content there um, more regularly. It is good to note that if you are still on the $2 tier or you join the $2 tier, along with supporting the show, you will still always get your shout out on the show and have access to our Patreon feed where we may not necessarily post show notes, but if we talk about specific pieces of evidence or videos uh, that we mention in a, a particular episode, we will be posting those on the, the Patreon feed. Thanks to everyone for listening this far in the episode and um, to all our patrons for supporting us um, this far. We obviously couldn't do it without you. And we thought that bringing you some new changes, bringing in a new shirt, freshening things up and getting some new video content and different stuff would just um, be better for everyone. Um, we've run crazy long in this episode, so we will pick up shoutouts next week when we join you for yet another paranormal tale again sorry i know you were doing like an outro thing oh, here sure. just want to circle back okay on thing that's fine that it, it says cult i'm gonna be honest no, with I you it's, it very boldly say says cult if you read the shirt it says definitely not a cult i know it's kind of confusing and contradictory but um just it just go there and it's supposed it says It'll it should sense. be commune it should be fixed by then uh we're talking to derek right now he's being a little dick but we're gonna get it sorted so thank you thank you for for hanging in there with us Bye. Bye.